like the fucking project, man. Appreciate it, man. Shit is yeah. fucking solid. What, what, how'd you, what made you come up with that route to go with? Because I always like to ask people as far as like their main characters. Like your character almost reminds me of like RoboCop or like some shit mm-hmm. like that or like a Judge Dredd, but in the future. What made you yeah. go that route? Uh, really, I just drew a lot of inspiration from the stuff that I that I grew up on. So, like when I was designing the suit, like I drew a lot of inspiration from like like Metal Gear Solid, um, like in terms of how you know like how the suit fits fits to them and stuff like that. Um, but then I, I drew a lot of inspiration from like Black Panther, like the most recent Black Panther, like how his suit lights up and the kinetic energy that flows through it and everything like that. Uh, but then I wanted that cool aesthetic. So, like it's funny that you mentioned like RoboCop and Judge Dredd because. I didn't even like use those as reference points, but those are like two of my favorite movies growing up. So like, it always like stuck with me. Um, and I, I love like GI Joe, like Snake Eyes was my favorite character there. Um, so like, I knew I didn't want a full mask because I wanted you to be able to see the character for what he was. But I knew I wanted something like covering his eyes, and uh, so that's that's where the, like the visor and stuff come from. But now that, that's funny that you mentioned those two because those are definitely like two of my top favorite movies growing up. Yeah, it's like the it's like the aspect of it's like futuristic. It got the full suit. The visor is what like sets the tone. It's like you see that yeah. fucking visor, and you're like, oh, this motherfucker looks badass. And then um, I I, I, rem- I read the first issue. I can't even remember. I read so much shit, bro. I can't even remember mm-hmm. the first issue. But then I saw Alonzo posting up the images of the second issue. I was yeah. like, oh no! Nah. I was like, you're not getting the way sending that over to me pronto. That yes, sir. Keep that. I told Lonzo, I was like, keep that artist on fucking payroll. That yeah. motherfucker blessed. Yes. Blessed you guys, man. Yeah, yeah. That's my guy, man. Uh, I found him. He was so the art was very critical for me. So I went through probably six, six different people before I, I landed with, with Ian uh, because I aesthetically I knew what I wanted to look like. So like I was big into movies growing up and everything like that. So even every time I'm writing a script or writing a, writing a book, like I'm seeing it like live, like in my head. Right. So translating that to the pages, like I had a very specific look that I was going for. Um, so it was a lot of trial and error, but once I got one, I was like, yeah, like this is my guy. Um, how do you break, do you break it to the other artists? It's like, yo, I'm sorry, man. It ain't gonna work out. Like it, it's, I mean, it's always professional and cordial. Um, uh, like I'm fully transparent, right? Like uh, I'm telling them, like, "Hey, this is my specific look. This is what I'm looking for. Um, can you do this or not?" Ninety-nine percent of most artists think like, "Yeah, yeah, I can do it." So I'm like, "Okay, let's let's try it out, right?" So we, like I said, went through like five or six different people. They, you know, I told them what I needed them to draw, what I needed them to emulate, and then they kicked it back, and it was just yay or nay from there. So it was just like, "Hey, you know, I appreciate the efforts, but I'm going. I'm have to go a different route." That's fire. That's fire. All right, cool. We're going we're gonna to dig a little bit more deep into this. Um, but let me introduce this bitch. So everybody, if you're listening, wherever, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, P- Patreon, I got Jairi here. He is the creator and writer of Deja Vu, which is a fire, fire comic. I mean, just looking at the cover, it automatically is like, yo, I need to pick this up. Um, he is with Concrete Comics, so we know that's the fam over there. And, um, yeah, we're just going to be fucking chopping it up and talking a lot of shit. He's having a lot of success having that second issue. That's that's big things right there. Yes, and, yes. Um, yeah, man. So how does it feel? How does it feel to actually 
take something from your brain and then actually have like the end product. Yeah, like that's the most rewarding feeling. Uh, like for me, like to be able to you know like pick pick these joints up, like it's like man, like this is an idea, right? Like I'm walking around my workplace and uh, I'm thinking of these things, but to see it tangible, like that's 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 a whole different world. Uh, like I got my kids running up to me like, oh, is that the is that number two of deja vu? Like like it's literally a household name for you know for me and my household, right? Because they see it, they they recognize the character, and that's that's like the biggest, that's like greatest feeling for me. Um, I was I was in a barber shop uh, one time. It was one that I had just popped into, and uh, I was wearing um, not not this shirt, not my concrete shirt, but um, one of the deja vu shirt. And like one of the barbers in there, he's like, "Yo, I, I just picked that up," and like I thought he was just messing around. He's like, he's like, "Nah, like like I saw it, I saw this online. Like I backed the Kickstarter for, for my first book." And like to me, that's what when it really was like real, like yo, like like was it's it out there, you know. What I mean? Or like was it? No, was no, it, it was no, it was it wasn't my barber. Um, it, it was one of the other guys that was just in the um, you know, you know how barber shops are set up. It was just another barber that was around, and uh, like for me, that was that was pretty dope. That's fire, man. I love shit like that, bro. It's like when you're working in silence, and mm-hmm. it's like sometimes when you're creating and you're working, it's like. You don't want to over, like, talk about it to your family and friends. And <laughs> yeah. Like that. It's like you just want to create this shit, and if they find it, that's good. <laughs> if not, you know, you, you yep. care about the rest of the world. You don't care about the 20 people that you know. But then yeah. sometimes it's like, yo, when they find that shit, that's, that, yeah. that feeling is good, man. Yeah, that's it right there. But, yeah, now you're absolutely right. That's, that's kind of my natural mode. Like, if I'm working on anything, uh, it could be – Hell, when I when I most recently changed jobs, like my mother didn't even know until I was starting up the job. Like anytime I got something cooking, like I just kind of go into this little bubble. Um, and that's really what's like one of the most stressful parts about this process, right? Is like the promoting and getting it out there because like my creative will is spinning. And I feel like anything outside of that kind of takes away from that. Um, so so yeah, that's that's exactly how I am. I, I like go into this bubble and then I just hope that what comes out is uh is, is something that people can rock with. I like it. I like it. What's what's the process on you writing and creating? Like, do you just write everything and then give it to the artist, or are you drawing like mock ups and mock ups and saying, "Hey, this is what I want my shit to look like." You know, mm-hmm. replicate that. What, what are you doing? Uh, we got to the point now where I don't really need to do that. Um, you know, I got issue zero out. I got issue one. I got issue two. Uh, issue three and issue four is actually in production right now. Um, so where we are right now, uh, I don't need to do that anymore. But in the earlier stages, yeah, I was like sending like a draft of this is what I want the character to look like. We actually got um, issue zero plus out there. So like if you ever catch me at a con or if you purchase it online at ConcreteComics.com, you'll get like a deluxe edition of issue zero. And yeah. inside of that is actually my first sketch of the character. What I like what I drew by hand uh, to kind of send out. Of course, it evolved to what you see now. Wildly different. Um, but they could pick up on the vibe and where I wanted to take the character. Um yeah. Now, in terms of like the page and panel layout, that's something too that I'm very specific about. Uh, I think it goes back to kind of like that, um, like that film background. So anytime you're doing a film, um, well, if you do the full pre pre process, like you'll have a script, and then like one of the next steps after you develop the script before you actually go to shoot is the storyboard. And storyboarding is what you will hand, you know, the DP behind the camera to say, okay, these are the shots you have to capture. Um, so during the early stages, that's what I would do here where like that panel layout is like critical to the story that I want to tell, like how it flows from 
kind of the panel. So I know it's a couple of different processes, um, even amongst our family. Like some some folks are locked in with their artists where they just give them an idea and say, hey, this is what I want to happen on page three. And then they draw that. For me, if I tell, you know, the artist panel by panel what I need to happen because of how I'm, how I'm depicting the story. Okay. Yeah, that's one thing that I notice about <clears throat> Concrete and obviously now your project is that when you guys have your panels, like, it seems like every, like, tiny bit, like, every panel is positioned with a freaking purpose. Yeah. It's not just, like, block, 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 block. It's, like, block here. This character is, like, I don't know, body is, like, bleeding into this cell. Like, mm-hmm. it's just very, very creative and visually appealing. That's why when Lonzo threw up those uh, uh, pages, I was mm-hmm. like, this shit looks fucking beautiful. Like, I would print this out and get a poster of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's like everything's intentional, man. Like that is is down to the very minute details. Uh, and Lazo was telling me he was like, "Look, some you gotta let some panels go, <laughs> you know. Like every now and then, you're not gonna get it exactly right." I'm like, "Nah, <laughs> like some of my issues. <laughs> nah, nigga. Like I need every yeah. panel where it needs to be. Every centimeter so, counts." So, like for my issue one, I probably got like two extra pages that didn't make the book <laughs> because I'm like. We couldn't quite get it right, so I'm like, all right, we just go, we just go throw it off to the side, right? Uh, same thing with issue two, like you know, we had to go back to the drawing board a few times, and uh, yeah, man, every everything is done with with a purpose. Because for me, I mean, it's like you know, it's it's a little bit more than a passion project, right? Uh, yeah, because it's you know the the concrete brand has you know kind of gifted us the opportunity to reach broader audiences than we would have been able to do on our own, so. You know, not only am I representing myself and, you know, deja vu, but, you know, also the concrete brand. So it's important that, you know, we stay, you know, we stay where we are. Yeah, I'm like, you hit so much fucking different shit that I want to uh, attack. So since you're, since we're talking about concrete, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll leave it there. How did you get in touch with Lonzo and concrete? Did you have your comic first and you brought mm-hmm. it to him or you were just like, yo, I want to be down. Like, I'm going I'm to write a comic. Like, how did that relationship start? Yeah, so um, how it all kicked off, I was at work and uh, a copy of The Watchmen like, ended up in my hands, um, you know, written by Lyle Ringo, who's also on a concrete brand. And um, I, like, I knew who he was, but I didn't, I didn't know him as a comic book writer or anything like that. Uh, you know, he was just a guy on the other side of the building, basically. <laughs> um, so it ended up in my hands, and the person who gave it to me, I was like, yo, what's this? And uh, he was like, oh, one of our guys, you know, this is his book. And I was like, what do you mean this is a book? He's like, yeah, like he he produced this book. And uh, the guy had bought like 10 copies and he was just handing them around to everybody that he knew was kind of into comic books or superheroes, whatever the case may be. So when I saw that, you know, I had that feeling that, you know, we talked about at the, at the beginning of this, like, yo, like this is a real thing that, you know, this guy that's, you know, right across the hall from me, whatever, you know, he created. So I just went up and started chatting with him and <laughs> like he just opened the door immediately. Uh, like he was just like, Hey man, I could reach out to Lonzo if you want me to. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for that. He's like, nah, no, man, normally really. stories like this should seem like it should be like super difficult. Like, yo, you gotta yeah. go through like a, like an interview process screening. I gotta, he was like, yo, I, I'll get you his number right now. Yo, let's go to his house. <laughs> that's exactly how it was. Um, that's exactly how it was. But, um, I mean, that's just credit to like, to like who we are and what we're trying to build though right like like you said some people you know they they make something like this and they want to you know kind of compartmentalize or keep it to themselves you know they don't, they don't want to share their wealth right um but for him he was a open book like immediately 
um, just telling me, you know, the struggles that he went through, how long it took him. Uh, he automatically, you know, gave me Lonzo's email address and everything like that. Um, and then I reached out. And then that's where the more difficult part started to happen, right, uh, where it was like, okay, I had an idea that was very, very different than what you see on the pages right now. I was actually writing it for like a movie. Um, and it was going to be like a mix between Takers and Fast and Furious. So very different. Um, it wasn't even superhero based, but um, Takers, Takers is the movie with like Paul Walker, T.I. Yep. That movie yep. is fire. And I, yeah, yeah. I'm a Fast and the Furious aficionado. Like, I fucking love Fast and the Furious. So <laughs> you tell me those two movies are together, I'm fucking sold. Yep, yeah. So I don't talk about that one too much because it's I mean, the way the way that this branched off, um, it's almost like an alternate universe. The way it branched off is completely different. So that may be something I go back to um at some point in one form or another. Um but yeah, so that's where it started. And um once I had the watching on my hands, I was like, yo, like, you know, I got this character, got all these dynamics about the character, I was like, let's make him into a superhero. Um and then once I got to Lonzo um, that's where like the pitch started and everything like that. Um, but he could tell where I was like in the comic book making process. He knew I didn't have like a pitch or like I was just formulating an idea. Um, but he was able to kind of pick up on the creativeness that I, you know, that I had at that time. So, you know, he was really just a mentor. Like we had so many conversations before ever officially signing with Concrete or um, as far as he knew getting pages made. But for me, I'm always like, like growing up, my mom always told told me you know you can say what you want but it all the only thing that really matters is what you do right yeah. so I looked at it like all right I don't want to waste this guy's time you know he's obviously busy I don't want to you know fumble the the opportunity that uh Lau gave me so I had pages getting made like <laughs> every two weeks basically and Lonzo would hit me up like every third week and be like all right don't start anything until we finish the script and secretly I'm like I'm 12 pages in already <laughs> like this <laughs> this thing is moving but I, I was moving at that pace because, like I said, I wanted, once we got down to talk, I wanted to at least be able to present something to say, hey, mm-hmm. like, I'm serious about this. Like, um, you know, because I didn't want to disrespect the craft to, you know, waste people's time, you know, people who actually made successful comic books. Um, so I wanted to let them know that I was I was serious about it. And then by the time he saw the script, he was really reading the whole first issue at that point. Um, so then we kind of talked about how it would fit um, in the universe and, you know, how does the story end for the character? Um, I thought that was a pretty powerful question. Uh, just to think about, you know, you think about Batman um, or Spider-Man, right? Like, they're these long-running superheroes. And that can be good. That can be great. Just like I hope Deja Vu is. Like, we're talking about them 25, 30 years from now. But you still, as a creator, you still have to have an endpoint, right? So that you understand how the story should flow. Um, so when I was able to explain, you know, how the character ends, it was like, okay, all right, that's, that, that was like the hook, I think, where we could start to progress forward. Okay. Yeah, I fucking, I can't, and, and I love that you mentioned that because Batman, like, ongoing. Spider-Man, ongoing. Mm-hmm. Whereas fucking, I don't know if you're into, like, anime and manga. I'll have mm-hmm. an anime and manga that I'll find and be like, yo, this shit is lit. And it's like, yo, it's ending, to, like, next week. Like, what <laughs> yeah. the fuck, yo? It's like, yo, you only got fucking, like, two seasons. Like, how you yeah. ending already? It's like everybody is just, I guess, on, like, the microwave mentality. Or mm-hmm. it's like they want to write a project, have an end, and then come out with some new shit, which nothing is wrong with that. But right. I do like my shit that is, like, not necessarily everlasting. But, you know, mm-hmm. shit that lasts longer. It's like you could build that shit up. Yeah. And so like one of the things that like brought me into that like frame of mind when it came to writing 
Um, so what really jumped me back into like the superhero stuff was Arrow. Like I don't know if you ever watched the show, the TV show Arrow. That, yeah, that's that was one of the best. That's one of the that, best CW head, superhero shows. Hands down, hands down. So like I loved it. So I, I've seen every absolute every episode of it. But I believe I think it was season six going into season seven. It was like uncertainty around is this the last season, and then they end up pushing out to eight and nine. But to be a writer in that room to say, okay, I have to write these next six episodes as if these are the last six episodes. So how do I continue this art, but also leave room to, you know, get to the eventual end. Um, and I think the last season is actually my least favorite season of all, but like, it was just a dynamic writing style or thought process. Right. So that's kind of what I took into this character where it's like, okay, I know what story I want to tell, what arc I want to take them. And I hope that the fans support it and people get behind it enough to where I can continue to challenge the character and continue to, you know, put him in these crazy scenarios that test his uh, sense of self. But if I have to, you know, jump to the end, at least I know where I want to take that story. Okay. No, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, man. Arrow, it like, I don't know. It, fe- it felt <laughs> all for me. I felt like like the whole universe was doing a lot of shit. And I, mm-hmm. I think they spread their money too thin because Arrow was fucking really great quality. Even yeah. the Flash was like good in the beginning, but then they came out with uh, uh, Days After Tomorrow, whatever that shit is. Then you got Supergirl. Uh, yeah, and, and it was just Legends like, of Tomorrow. Was, yeah, yeah, Legends of Tomorrow. There you go. And, yeah. and I felt like the quality was going down, and I think that whole arc, like after Raz Al Ghul with Arrow, was like uh, some, I forgot what yeah. happened, like what arc after Raz, but it, it just like went down for me. And, yeah. then, and then when they took the chin strap from from the Flash, that's when I was like, "All right." I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I think I think after Roz, I think it was the Prometheus one. Um, but but when they went back to Slade, then I think Prometheus. But yeah, yeah, that Roz one that that was actually one of the first episodes that I caught, and then I went back and watched it from mm-hmm. the very beginning. Um, okay. Well, like that season was when I first like picked it up. But yeah, that was that was like crime TV right there. Yeah, that's fire. So, what what's your background? I, I know you had mentioned like TV and like film before. Are you in TV and film or just no, into it, it? Yeah, I was. Well, uh, let me see. I'm not gonna over embellish, right? So, <laughs> I'm definitely into it heavily. Um, so, growing up, I was always like a writer. Like I was always writing stories and things like that. And in high school, uh, no, actually, was it high school? Yeah, it was like my first or second year of high school, whatever it was. Um, I joined this program and it was like a film program for students and things like that. So, you know, we wrote, wrote a couple of short films, uh, won a, won a couple of awards. We, you guys got PBS out, out where you at? Like channel 11 type, type of yeah, stuff. Was, yeah. 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 So one of, one of the shows, well, one of the uh, short films that I wrote acting and all of that stuff, uh, was actually on PBS, uh, for, for a time period. I was walking around high school one day and this girl was like, I saw you on TV yesterday. I'm like, what are you talking about? I didn't even know if this was a thing. She was like, yeah, on PBS. And then she started breaking down the whole story. I was like, oh, okay. I guess that did make it. I think it had got entered into some type of, um, you know, contest or something like that. But yeah. that that took me um, a little further into it. So I went to school for, like, motion picture television for, uh, like, a year and a half uh, to learn how to edit, direct, all, you know, all of that good stuff. Um, do, like, um, like, action scenes, like, combat scenes and things like that. Um, and then that took me, I ended up meeting this guy named Sean Williams and we actually put together a, um, 
YouTube series. We shot three, three and a half episodes. We ended up uh, putting out two of them. Uh, it was called Chase. It was like a uh, director, uh, not director, a uh, detective series. Um, so all of that was like 100%. I was like, anytime you didn't see us on camera, it was because we was behind the camera doing all the other stuff. So okay. uh, that was something that was, you know, fully funded by us. We just had, had an idea, had had some passion around it, and we went for it. So uh, we, we put that out, uh, did some premieres and things like that. And then aside from that, I just did a lot of like, um, you know, like extra work on different tv shows and stuff like that but i uh, never <clears throat> pursued it too heavily past that um it, it was funny i was joking with him not too long ago it was like back then we had time but no money and now we got like money and no time so it was like it, it's hard to make a, a film project when you got so many other things going on um yeah. unless you got some solid like funding and backing and things like that so that like directly translated to the pages of a comic book for me when i started to really truly break it down Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, I think you, Onaji, maybe there's one more person with Concrete, or maybe somebody that I spoke with, but there's a lot of people who are writing comics that mm -hmm. also have, like, that film, TV, not, like, major stuff, but, like, they have that background. Maybe they, they mm -hmm. I think it was that they couldn't break through in that industry, or there's a lot of fucking, like, uh, how do I say it in, like, the polite way, uh, dick sucking in the industry yeah. if you try to get to where you want to be and it's like yo people don't want to fucking do this it's like people yeah. don't create what they want to create because they believe in it but i don't want to have to freaking shuck and jive for mad long to yeah. not make the projects that i want to make so it's like yo i need an outlet to get this creativity off let me fucking yep. do it in comics or let me yep. do it in whatever it is so no that's 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 dope man so do you think that people could you think that people could write comics without having that background? Yeah, yeah, I think I think you can. Um, I think there, because I I think that's one of the beauty beautiful parts about comics is that like like once you find your niche is it's like people gonna rock with it, right? Uh, so like I, I've seen comics do really well, and it's almost like no words inside of it, like it's. Like it, so it it just really depends on what type of storyteller you are, um, mm -hmm. and like for me, like even with my issues, like I write those in an episodic approach. So like, um, if you looked at it as a Disney Plus series, each issue is an episode. Um, so like that's that's how my mind frames up my story. So so that's how I'm able to you know map out my arcs. Uh, you know, like this this first arc, Fear the Reaper, is a six issue arc. Um, so when I do the full outline of how everything should progress. I'm thinking of it like, okay, you know, here's 28 minutes here, here's 28 minutes here, you know, whatever the case may be. If you think about, you know, a minute per page to read it or whatever the case may be, um, that's about how long an episode would be. So that's kind of how I how I break it down. I do think it, I do think it makes it um, easier, especially understanding how a storyboard works, like in the film world, because I mean that's quite literally uh, panels on a on a comic book. Um, it's it's a pretty direct direct translation there. Okay. Yeah, that's one thing that I do um, because I'm writing my story as I look at scripts from some of my favorite movies mm -hmm. to see how they write shit. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like, you know, I want to reverse engineer this shit. It's like, I don't want to look at a full comic and be like, all right, cool. Like, let me try to not copy that specific comic, but, you know, write my own comic. It's like, no, let me see what a script looks like 
mm -hmm. and then match it to the actual finished product. And then it's like, all right, cool. I can kind of now get into the mind of the actual creator. I don't think mm -hmm. a lot of people do that shit when it comes to creating just anything in general. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where you, uh, I think that's where you fall into traps of like tropes or um, things being too similar or you missing a mark from what you really wanted to create at that point. Um, you got to really take the time to be specific about everything that you, that you're putting out there. Yeah. That, that individual right there that's another mm -hmm. thing it's like you don't, you don't want to be too committed or too married to a specific style of storytelling to where it's like you're just like copy and pasting that shit too mm -hmm. yeah i get that aspect as well what's the last like new movie that you saw where it was like yo this shit is fire like this shit inspires me or just mm -hmm. this shit is cool in general uh man let me think what was the last thing i saw Let me think. Let me think. Uh, man, let me pull up and see what. I, I tend to watch a lot of stuff, but a lot of nothing at the same time. If that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking, I will. I'm the king of rewatching shit. I will fucking rewatch my favorite anime or rewatch Stranger Things for the seventeenth time. Last movie that I saw you, that. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say last movie that I saw that was like really, really fucking good was The Creator with um. I always forget his name, but Denzel Washington's uh, son stars yeah, yeah. in it. Yep. Really, really fucking good. The CGI, the way that the robots look, I don't think I've ever seen robots that look that realistic before in a mm -hmm. fucking movie. Um, the yep. concept was something that was brand new. I was just like, yo, this shit is mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, I, I haven't seen that yet, but no, I'm glad you reminded me of that. I do want to check that one out. Um so it's a, it's older, but like when you say something that like inspired me, uh, the harder they fall, that was that was a movie for me. That I mean, for me, Majors is one of my favorite actors out right now. Uh, but like watching that movie, like it was just it it felt so cool, like to to be in that period and like experience it from a lens that you don't ordinarily get to see those westerns get made. Uh, and like for me, I was like, yo, like this is this is dope. And it wasn't like, like it didn't feel like I was watching a black cowboy movie. I was just watching a dope cowboy movie. You know what I mean? Like, like I I like that aspect of it. I felt both. I felt both. I felt like because I, I I fucking cannot stand. That's like the only genre that I could not get into was fucking western. <laughs> yeah. So like it's just so boring and it's fucking dust. And I already hate horses. It's like, I always feel like, <laughs> yeah. like, just keep away from me. My wife loves fucking riding horses. She's trying to get my daughter into it. And I'm like, fuck a horse, get a bike. Um, but the harder they fall is coming out. I mean, Regina King, fucking mm -hmm. Idris Alba, obviously Jonathan Majors, um, Lakeith was in that fucking yep. the dude who was the blue power. Like so many fucking people. Yep was in that shit, I was like, this gotta be a fucking slapper. Like, this gotta <laughs> yeah. be the thing that gets me into westerns. And I thought that shit was fucking flames, man. I can't even lie. Loved yeah, it. Yeah. Loved it. That shit was fire. And then that got me to watch the westerns that are on Paramount Plus. So mm -hmm. for some reason, Paramount Plus has like this team that's just pumping out all of these westerns. So they actually just dropped one about, I think it's a, based on like a real person. He's like, I, I maybe like one of the first black fucking sheriffs or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. And everybody's telling me that that shit goes hard in the first episode. So I'm like, all right, I got to check this shit out. 
Yeah. Well, you know the name of it? I gotta look I gotta look it up. Yeah. I'm gonna look it up right now. But yeah, everybody was telling me that that shit's fire. So do you have a Western like in the tuck that you're writing right now? No, no, I haven't. Um, see, for me, I, I write from stuff that I know or things right. that I've experienced. So whenever I'm writing or creating, I see everything as like a, um, kind of like a branch timeline or whatever you want to call it, right? Where like if you're going through life, you're almost always faced with two decisions. You can go left or you go right. Um, if I go right, like my brain always thinks, okay, what if I had gone left? And then I always kind of branch off of that. So a lot of the things that I typically write about and enjoy are like those real world stories and things that have taken place in my life or could have taken place in my life that, that kind of makes sense. Um, so like from a creative standpoint, I don't get too deep into like the um, off world stuff like the, you know, outer space and you know, I'll leave that to Acolyte and the team, right? Like I don't, I don't get too much into that. So from a Western standpoint, um, writing it, not so much because again, I think to do something like that well, you have to be very authentic to like that era, that time period. And that will require um, some some research and you know what I mean? You gotta do your homework to to pick up something like that and do it do it the right way. I get that, I get that. But you could do something that's like a Western, but also futuristic, if that yeah. makes sense. I think that's kind of like, maybe not necessarily like Westworld, but... Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I like the aspect of, like, a Han Solo or some shit like that where it's, like, Star Wars, but doing something that's, like, futuristic that's, like, cowboys versus, I don't fucking know. Uh, yeah. Other cowboys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Some shit like that. I don't know. I'm just fucking, like, like shooting from the <laughs> So that's cool, man. That's cool. Um, I, I saw this going around in, in fucking social media fucking realm. Um, the there are versions of Superman mm-hmm. that are better than Superman. So, for example, Homelander, Omni-Man, yep. um, uh, what's the? I don't know why I'm drawing a blank, but James Gunn directed it, where it's like basically Superman except he's evil as a kid. And he's oh, uh, like, bright, bright burn, bright burn, yeah, shit mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then I see some people saying it's like, yo, Homelander, like he ain't that real or Omni man ain't that real. Like there'll never mm-hmm. be like another Superman. How do you feel about that? Since we were talking about DC before, do you think that there are better versions that are more interesting, entertaining than what Superman is? Or do you think it's like, nah, Superman is like the end all be all. No, nah, for me, Superman was always like the dullest hero, like imaginable. Like I never, like I, I never grew up like, Oh, I got to check out this. New Superman. Like, um, I think, I think they almost immediately ran into a palace power scaling problem with, with Superman. Um, I don't know. It, like it all just not, I don't want to say corny cause that's, that's a little extreme, but like, it just, it just, I just never really rock with it. Yeah. I never got behind it. Now when, um, now when they did the, um, you know, when Zack Snyder did the history edition of it, like I thought it was better, <laughs> um, but I still didn't really get behind it. Like, like at the end when he had to make the decision to, you know, take Zod out, right? Like that was a bit different than what the comic books would have portrayed. So like that part, like I thought was pretty cool. Um, how they was exploring the Henry Cavill version of it. Uh, but then I think they ruined it in Justice League. I think that just, I think it all kind of got sideways on them. But yeah, now Superman was never really that interesting to me. Okay. All right, cool. 
Yeah, I, I've I've always been like a Batman, Flash, Martian Man, Hunter. Like whenever mm-hmm. I watched Superman cartoon, I'd be like, "Yo, I wish Batman was on." <laughs> right, and right. Then, like when the Justice League cartoon came out, like then mm-hmm. I was more accepting of Superman because now he has all of these other personalities that he has to like communicate and deal with. And mm-hmm. it's still entertaining because you see everybody. You see fucking Hulk girl getting fucking drunk at the bar and fucking yep. starting a fight with fucking Green Lantern. <laughs> and you see the Flash. He's just trying to be mad fucking pervy, hitting on every fucking girl <laughs> in the fucking Justice League. Like, obviously, we know Batman. So, like, that's why it was entertaining. And you're right. Like, I, I definitely fucked with Henry Cavill as Superman. I fucked with Zack Snyder's uh, version or rendition mm-hmm. of Superman. I'm interested to see what James Gunn does with Superman Legacy. I have no idea where he's going to go, but I I fucking love his writing style and his storytelling style. Um, But I I just think that, like, Homelander, I think he is a fucking phenomenal version of storytelling for that type of superpower, which is flight, all-American, you know, super strong. Like, he has so many flaws. He is like we all know a fucking let's be real. We all know a white person that's super conservative. <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like him, and they're probably a yep. freak on the low and like to drink breast milk and shit like yep. that. All like, of it. Yo, we, <laughs> all like, of it. We know people that are like Homelander. We don't know yeah. anyone like Superman. Is too fucking perfect. It, yeah, he's too pure. He's too pure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that now I think that's why you naturally gravitate to most people naturally gravitate to like the Batman, the Homelanders, because it's like, damn, what would I do if I had this power? Like, we got stuff that we don't tolerate right now. We ain't got nothing, right? Like if if you were Homelander and somebody pissed you off and you could make it disappear and nobody knows about it, like like what are you gonna do? Like what type of person are you gonna be? Motherfuckers have tempers already. Like you see people get into road rage and like mm-hmm. you know i don't know it's just it, it, it's crazy and even even omni man like i like that aspect of it where yeah. he comes to earth and he fakes this relationship with a woman for for 18 years has a kid with her he's like mm-hmm. eh, she's just a pet to me and then you lace up and yeah. beat the shit out of his son <laughs> because he don't want to take over earth <laughs> oh my god so fucking crazy but like this like that's what what i'm personally looking for when I'm reading these indie projects, it's like, yo, what's going to be something that is so unique, but also something that is like, brings it to a human level. Like, I want right. to see the characters with with flaws. I want to see the characters that, I don't know, they're, they're fucking at the strip club. Like, I want to see the characters with fucking different vices. Like, all mm-hmm. of that shit. That shit is fucking interesting as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... um. And even when I was going through and writing and like developing um like deja vu's uh like power set and everything, I was making direct counters to that when I was coming up with the villains. Uh because I want this character to go through like the the most difficult shit imaginable to ultimately, you know, reach his final form or whatever the case may be. I kinda of think about like Goku, like he's always looking for a fight to get better, right? Mm-hmm. Like like when he hired Hit to come kill him just to see if he could beat him. <laughs> like <laughs> Like he's always looking for for that challenge. Um, so, yeah. like you know, I kind of drew on that a little bit to say, okay, well, how can I challenge this person um, to stay out of his comfort zone always? Yeah, you, you could even say Goku. I mean, we already know Goku is like a version of Superman, but even mm-hmm. he has his flaws. It's like this. 
Motherfucker don't want to be a parent. He don't want to be yeah. a husband. This motherfucker just the just worst. Scream and fight, yo. Fucking no, crazy. no job. Can't, can't pay the rent. Nothing. Just nothing. He just wants to fucking <laughs> fight and square up. And it's like, all right, cool. It's like, yeah, he wants to save the planet and shit. I got into an argument with somebody the other day. They were like, Goku's a really great father. I'm like, oh yeah. I showed them a picture of Gohan at 13 years old, 12 years old, <laughs> getting beat the shit out of by a fucking space alien. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I'm not letting my son fight this big ass fucking dude who's about to blow up the planet. This guy done fucking absorbed the whole city. You want my son to fight him? Crazy, 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 crazy. Where? What do you say to someone who wants to write a comic but just doesn't know where to start? Uh, for me, start start with the outline. Um, I think that was one of the most important parts uh, developing my story or a story in general. Um, so not only start with an outline of the issue, but like I said, if you want to write a mini series that's three issues long, whatever the case may be, like do a basic outline of what the, like what story are you trying to tell? Like where's your climax? Where's your beginning, your climax, your end? Um, and then kind of fill in the middle from there. Um, because a lot of people, they go into the storytelling, they're like, oh, I want this, or I want this power set, or I want these buildings to blow up. Like they, they think about the details and they're not telling a cohesive story. So I would say if you really want to get into this, like start start with that outline to better understand, you know, your beginning, middle, and end, and then poke holes in it, right? Um, kick it to somebody else for them to poke holes in it. Uh, one of my pet peeves, and it happens all the time, every time I think it's, it's destined to happen, is like you run across a good movie or something, and you got this gaping-ass plot hole, and it's like you just undid, you know, an hour and a half or whatever I was just watching because it, it's this silly plot hole in it. So, you know, try to avoid those pitfalls um, and then just be just be patient with it. I think that was that's another thing, especially right now in the world we live in right now. Everything's instant gratification. Um, we expect to throw something out there and it goes viral and you're sitting at a million dollars, whatever the case may be. So you have to be um, open to the feedback or the criticism because every bit of it is a gift. Whether somebody says, yo, this is trash, get it out of here. If they give you a glimpse of why they think it's trash like that's the gift right there like that's the that's the diamond in the rough right sometimes you gotta sift through all that to say oh that's the one thing that turned this person off and maybe it did the same thing to 15 others that stayed quiet about it um so always always seek that feedback good or bad do you think it's even possible to write a story without plot holes like i feel like you could dissect and pick apart anything and find plot holes I'm still, I'm still waiting for, I'm still waiting for that perfect, perfect piece. But you might be onto something. It might be impossible. Because even like Black Panther, right? Like everybody, uh, you know, critically acclaimed, right? One of the best Marvel movies out and everything like that. But I can't get over the fact that, like, all the shit that happened at the beginning didn't need to happen. Killmonger already knew where Wakanda was. He had the lip thing. He could have just showed up. Like he didn't have to do all the shit before that. He didn't need Claw if the lip was gonna get him. Let's go get him entry. Yeah, very, very true. Very true. I don't know what the fuck he needed. I guess he needed the vibranium to give to Claw so he could sell, like, you know, to build up that relationship. But yeah, if you was just going to ice Claw <laughs> anyway, it's like, yeah, you could have just flown to Wakanda from the beginning. Yeah, see, I, I thought he was going to have Claw fly him there. He already knew where it was. <laughs> so, yeah. But, like, so, all right, so cool. So we got that plot hole, right? Yep. But Michael B. Jordan fucking killed it as Killmonger. So it's he like, did. Yo, we didn't even give a shit about that. <laughs> it's like, yo, this, this motherfucker was killing motherfuckers. 
Yep. He had that one, like that opening when he was in the fucking uh, museum and that yeah. white lady was trying to tell him about the yeah. artifacts. He was like, all right, bitch. He was like, this is what <laughs> we done here. I'm going to kill you and all the white people in here. Like that shit was fucking fire. Not yeah. that I want white people to be killed or anything. Relax. People. But it was fucking good seeing it in the movie. Um, but yeah, it's like, yo, like we're, we're going to let that plot hole fucking slide. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, it, I mean, uh, another plot hole for me. I mean, I guess it's not really a fucking plot hole because I'm always thinking it's like where. So uh, I want to say Faustos in the Eternals. Like, even mm. you could say Faustos in the Eternals. You could say like Wakanda. It's like there's no way that you saw all of these black people across the world being fucking turned into slaves. Like all of this shit, all this crazy shit happening, and yeah. you're not saying, you know what? Like we need to help these motherfuckers. Like there's no way. Yeah, like you just did nothing for yeah. centuries. Yeah, man, I still don't. I, I think the entire movie Eternal Eternals is a damn plot hole at this point. Like it, it just doesn't fit anywhere. I feel like they oh, should just left that where it was. Uh, yeah, uh, big ass fucking. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what's it called? That's in the uh, middle of the fucking ocean. The, uh, the movies or series has mentioned, like, yeah. we don't hear like a news clip or nothing. It's just like, yeah, it's just there. That shit would flood half the earth if that really happened. Like, that's a yeah. big, that's a big problem. Flood half the earth, earthquakes, <laughs> like all of that shit. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't fucking know. Yeah, look, <laughs> so like, and, and it's bad to use Eternals because a lot of people don't like that movie, which I I do get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like everything could have crazy plot holes that don't get filled. So like, for example, Game of Thrones, I think Game of Thrones has some of the biggest unanswered questions, plot holes that the fandom kind of like go super hard in. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I'm like, yo, even if you put it on the last, let's say season, let's say the last two seasons, we still got six seasons of pure gold that we've mm -hmm. never seen before that have literally been feeding the streets of the fucking fantasy realm <laughs> that we've never seen before and you guys like are gonna go in on the last season but then i guess it's like yo it's not how you start and continue it's how you land and some yeah. people just don't like that shit i don't know yeah Fuck man, that shit gets me. I always think <laughs> shit, man. When I'm fucking right now, I'm like, yo, I'm like, people gonna think this is trash. I'm like, yo, if I can't fucking like finish this good, it's like, yo, I'm gonna fucking be fucking working for the rest of my life. Yeah, that, that, I think that's the. I think that's. I mean, it's obviously a natural fear. Um, I mean, I I would imagine whether it's film, comic books, music, whatever it is, whatever you're doing, like. You know, like you're not you're not actually trying to appease to everybody, right? Uh, for me, what what got me to where I am and just in life in general is focusing on like you know you grow up and you hear from people around you growing up to whatever case may be. They're like you know, prove me wrong or prove prove everybody wrong or whatever case may be. That takes a lot of fucking energy. Uh, what's got me to where I am is you know proving the people right that stuck by me, the people that support me, the people that you know want to see things do well. It's like okay, I'm gonna put my energy there because it's just a more positive mindset, right? So, you know, so you really write for the people that that's going to rock with whatever you're writing. Okay. Yeah, that's dope, man. That's dope. Yo, you have, like, a unique perspective 
that I haven't really heard before as far as like just creating in general, creating um, your comic and just mm -hmm. taking what's in your mind and putting pen to pad, getting the work done, and then fucking completing that shit, bro. And you already got fucking issue yeah. zero to two done. You got yep. three, four already in the fucking hopper. Like, that's fucking, yep. that's fucking dope. What's your, and, and we'll, we'll leave it on this because I want to be respectful of your time. What's mm -hmm. your end goal? Where, where do you see yourself in the next two to five years? So my end goal is definitely to crack into animation and, and uh, live action. Um, that's one of the things that I'm passionate about. Um, the way the character and the story is built out, I think it translates very well. Um, but that's that's like the that's like the end goal for me. So if you ask me where I want to be in the next two to three years, that's that's exactly where I want to be. Um, and like I said, animation or or live action for sure. Mm, mm. All right, cool. I feel like we'll save this for Patreon, but I want to know like what's your favorite animation style? What's your favorite cartoon and all of that shit? So I'll save mm -hmm. that for Patreon, but. Yo, uh, Jairi, I appreciate you hopping on, man, uh, uh, allowing us to just have this conversation and just fucking shoot the shit, man. I know it's been a long time coming. I, I, I know we were trying to set some shit up uh, probably like over a year ago, right? Yeah, it was It was when we dropped the first Kickstarter. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, so at the, at the top of the year, back in March. Yeah, yeah, man, bro, I, I be, yo, I can't even, and I say this damn near every fucking podcast, my fucking <laughs> DMs be so fucking flooded. Is not oh, even yeah. crazy, not, not like I, I be getting fucking overwhelmed. I'm like, yo, I really got to answer these people. This, <laughs> this is a lot. Yo. This is a lot. It's like I don't even talk to my wife this much, and I gotta fucking yeah. <laughs> shit. I'm like, fuck. But you know, I'm getting to it inch by inch, inch by inch. Yep. But um, yep. all right, cool. So before we get out of here, if you want to <laughs> plug anything that you're working on, um, obviously I'm gonna put like the Kickstarter and all that shit in the uh fucking YouTube comments and uh. But yeah, pl plug what you got. Yeah, for sure. Um, like we already spoke about, uh, Deja Vu Issue 2 Kickstarter is live right now. Uh, you can go to kickstarter.com and just search Deja Vu. It'll be the first thing that pops up. Um, or you can hit the links in any of our bios. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, uh, all Deja Vu underscore comics. Um, like I said, brought to you by Concrete. We got uh, two covers for this one here. So we got the variant cover here issue two then we got the uh, main cover here for issue two and then we also just announced a stretch goal on the kickstarter um so it's a third kickstarter exclusive cover so uh once we hit 100 backers uh we'll make that available as an add-on there we go there we go so um yeah that is it uh we're gonna hop over patreon guys i appreciate you guys for supporting me throughout this freaking journey and uh we're going strong we're going strong i don't know what episode this is but we're going to get to the fucking 30s soon, so I'm fucking hyped about it. But, um, yeah, make sure you follow us on all of our fucking platforms, especially fucking YouTube. Make sure you guys like this fucking video. I hate when you guys freaking watch this shit, and it's like a high watch percentage, but, like, you guys don't fucking like it. It's like, yo, we need this shit to circulate. But, um, yeah, do all the shit that you know you're supposed to do. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys later. Deuces.